the accounts industry, we, we're responsible for 90% of, of the companies out there. You get a lawyer to do it would be a very costly way. You get a lawyer when you want to like do a very difficult legal structure with loads of entities dotted about, but an accountant can really help you out and just take you through it. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon profits. Private label sellers, are you wasting your cash? Eva reprices your products for you, and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers, a subset of the amazing FBA podcast family. Today, we're going to talk about tax, which is not probably the best opening. But the truth is this, if you are VAT registered and pretty much any significant size business is going to be certainly six figures and up, then you need to deal with this stuff. And the truth is, if you're dealing with your tax wrong, you're either risking your business prosecution yourself or something bad. And if you get it right, you could save yourself a lot of time and hassle. We're talking today to Ben Staker, who's an expert in this area. He's chosen to specialize in VAT for Amazon and marketplace e-commerce sellers, a very mm. much needed topic, I think. So Ben, thank you, first of all, for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Pleasure. So tell us uh, in a very short time who you are and, and your company or your business. So I'm, I'm obviously Ben Staker and I'm a, a chartered accountant, um, an owner of Your E-Commerce Accountant. They f we focus just on e-commerce sellers who are selling on Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify. So we've specialized in making sure we know everything about those marketplaces, the taxes which affect them. And it suits my background as well because I used to be a seller. Excellent. Yeah, that makes sense. And by the way, I think that as the market for services like yourselves matures, then it's smart to get more and more niche because there is quite a big difference, isn't there, between the, the tax situation of somebody who's selling on the marketplace and somebody who's just got their own direct-to-consumer site, as I understand it. Oh, yeah, we have miles away because now yeah, the new rules in Europe means that actually Amazon does a lot of the heavy lifting, whereas direct-to-consumer, they've got to do that themselves. Yeah, so it's, uh, for once, a win for the Amazon sellers. It does feel sometimes Amazon beats us up and we, we can't do lots of sexy social media marketing in the same with the same ease that a direct -to consumer site seller has so we got our nose pressed to the glass there but it, the, the truth is on the amazon side at least the tax is less painful so let's get into this then vat for um amazon sellers and shopify uh, sorry uh, 
eBay sellers, other marketplace sellers. What is it we're talking about exactly? Let's define the terms of our discussion. Is it VAT? Is that going to apply to everyone who ever sells on any of these marketplaces ever? Those particular yeah. person it applies? So it, it really applies to businesses who sell in the UK and they sell on those marketplaces. So like eBay, Etsy, Amazon. So if you're selling into the UK, you have to be either part of the VAT regime in the UK or you have to register in Europe elsewhere if you're selling in Europe. Okay. So that's a big few questions. We'll dig into that later. But so what are the classic errors people making in this space? That's probably the best starting point for me. Yeah. And then obviously we'll give you some of the answers, folks, if you're listening for how you can avoid these errors. But let's get into it first. Um, you just said something about, okay, I'm selling in the UK, need to be VAT registered. So that means, okay, I'm, I'm sitting in the UK. Do I, I start an Amazon business? Do I just register my company for VAT straight away from the gate? That's it. So if you're in the UK and you're a UK business, you've got 85,000 pounds threshold before you have to register for VAT. So it's 85,000 in, in, in turnover revenue. So it's actually not that big, bigger threshold, especially for e-com sellers. But what we find is that the 20 to 30% of people when they create their limited company, which is actually super easy in the UK, anyone can do it. I don't know if you've, you've done it before, Michael, but. Yes, it's incredibly quick and easy. Yeah. I mean, it's 13 pounds or about 20 bucks. Not, yes. not the and it's just a form. Do this. Yeah. It's super, super easy. easy. Yeah. And by and the way, there's very little regulation of that. Somebody recently tested this out by somebody from the Financial Times or somebody registered a company called Angels or Heaven and they put their occupation as creator and their address as Heaven and they got it <laughs> registered. So there, there is very little oversight on company registration. It's very quick and easy. They'll, they'll, and, yeah. yeah, they'll have a very difficult delivery for the postman for those letters. But I know They will do, yeah. Apart there is a that, club in yeah. London called Heaven. I do know that. Okay, that's true. But joking apart, it is very easy and quick to register uh, a company. And because of that, people don't tend to use lawyers and they DIY, right? And, and it sounds like they're that's making it. a great mistake. So if I understand, let me just make sure we, we get this message out super clear for anyone who's not got it yet. If you haven't hit the £85,000 a year in turnover, aka revenue, aka sales, yep. then you don't need to be VAT registered yeah, if exactly. you're a UK company. Okay, now little follow up to that then. If you are not a UK resident, one of my most of my mum's not a UK resident, is resident in the EU, but he has a UK limited company. What's the situation for that person? So if what if they're outside the UK, they have a UK limited company. That's right. So the owner yep. slash the shareholder and director or directors of the business are not that, based yeah. in the UK, but yep. the UK limited company has. What's the situation with them? So so they've got the same threshold as because it. The entity, the legal entity, is still a UK entity, so you still have that threshold. the the The, the difference is when you're an overseas seller of a, let's say, an LLC or a European entity selling into the UK, you then need to register for VAT from from the offset. Okay. So, what if you if one of the questions that comes up, we're plunging into it here. If you are UK based, sorry, US based seller, mm. then one of the things you is often the case, well, I know the other way around better. If you're a UK-based seller, it's often wise to use a UK company because it's simple and quick and, and cheap to set up compared to a lot of companies in the US, depending on which state you register in, et cetera, et cetera. Is the same true for, for US sellers who want to sell into UK? Is it going to be a good idea for them to register a UK company in order to 
just to start off their sales without having to register for VAT first? Is that possible? Is that work that way? Yeah, that is something they should definitely look at depending on the volume they're going to put through. But if they think, actually, I'm going to be an LLC and I know I'm going to sell a hundred thousand pounds worth of stuff in the first year, there's no point creating another entity. But if they want to test out that market, it might be worth making a UK limited company and then starting selling on Amazon in, in the UK off that platform. So then they can not have to register for VAT if they don't need to. Yeah. And by the way, that's a super smart thing to do. I think to find a legitimate and allowed and safe, by the way, I've just got to say all those words, way to test a market before you commit to it, because 85,000 pounds isn't a lot of money. So what, just over a hundred thousand, whatever it is, hundred five hundred ten thousand dollars at the moment. It's a good way to start. You could air freight some stuff over from your existing stock and see if it sells. So that strikes me a very smart idea. So hopefully if you're a US-based seller, you've already got your value out of today's episode. What about if you've got an EU-based seller? I mean, I suppose I'm implied by the fact that one of the members of the mastermind is doing this. Would it Mm -hmm. also make sense for an EU-based seller to register a UK company? Or is there some kind of post-Brexit complication with that? No. So so it's the same same concept as the US NC going to the UK. We're a third party country now, and actually they can register as a, uh, a UK limited company as well and still have that threshold. But if again, if they're a French company, like an SAS company selling into the UK, they'll have to register for VAT again off the, off the bat. So it sounds like the, the ownership structure could end up being something like you've got a parent company, maybe let's take the example of an American, just because a lot of our listeners are Americans, but and they have an LLC or there's a whole alphabet soup of legal entities in America. But let's say they have an LLC or an S-Corp or whatever the heck else is, exists out there in one of the 50 states with all their varieties of is it Delaware Corporation or whatever it is. And they could then, I suppose, own a UK limited company, which then does not have to register for VAT until it hits that £85,000 or whatever it is, $110,000. Yeah, okay, so that sounds to me, knowing as I do from experience, and as you were saying how quick and easy it is to register a UK company from my experience as a UK citizen, that feels like an easy way to go. Is it that easy? I know you're not a company law expert, but I know accountants end up getting involved with this as the sort of easier way to do it than go to a lawyer. It is, in your no, experience, would that be practical? It is really easy. You need to make sure you've got like um, a UK registered office and your details will be online, but it is a super easy system to go through. It's a super easy form. And the key thing really is what we see people going wrong is where we started off is that someone will, a UK, so it's so easy. You'll get to the end of this form and you think, yeah, I've smashed it. And then it just goes, do you want to register for VAT? And you're like, yes. And that's yeah. when they get them. And then you've lost your 85K threshold because you've already yeah. registered for VAT. Yes. Yeah, so I suppose the British system allows you to be, it's not idiot proof. You don't have to hire an attorney who knows what things to take and what he doesn't. But on the other hand, if, if it will allow you to be an idiot and say, yeah. yes, I want you to take my money when I don't need you to take my money. Yeah. So I guess you just need to have somebody go through it with you who knows their stuff. So for this is slightly dodgy ground running together anyway, and feel free to duck the issue. <laughs> Let me put it this way. You're not a lawyer, but if you, if somebody approached you as an accountant, who's obviously is a tax specialist, would you be, is that the sort of thing you or indeed somebody's intelligent accountant who knows about this stuff? could guide somebody to do so it's probably cheaper and easier than a lawyer would that be a reasonable yeah, use for the council, or is that not a good use yeah so we i think the accountancy industry we we're responsible for 90 percent of of the companies out there 
you get a lawyer to do it would be a very costly way. You, you get a lawyer when you want to like do a very difficult legal structure with loads of entities dotted about, but an accountant can really help you out and just take you through it. And I think HMRC assumes you've got an accountant. That's why they make it super easy to make own goals. Yes, that makes sense. So this is a, a seriously important point to make for anyone who's not UK based, or in fact, anyone who's UK based, but hasn't been through this sort of process before, yeah. which is a couple of points, which is number one, DIY company formation, such a piece of cake in this country. US is a nightmare. In Germany, of course, they like to make everything bureaucratic. Most of Europe is a somewhat more bureaucratic than the UK, which <laughs> Brexiteers have been crowing about. That doesn't necessarily mean Brexit was the answer, but that's a different issue. But it's true that in this country, we do have a nice straightforward system. The second point, you don't need to get lawyers involved in this country, and that will be a relief if you're an American or a German, because they generally seem to other European countries I'm less familiar with. The third point is you should, however, and this is the missing piece, get a friendly accountant. And that's exactly how I did it. At first, I've formed a few companies in my time, of course, so now I suppose seasoned or, or foolish, whichever way you want to put it. And the first time I did it, I got an accountant involved and um, they used a, a company that did it on her behalf, but she was able to guide me through it. Don't tick this box which is given my accountant charges me a hundred pounds an hour rather than a company formations expert lawyer would probably be three, four times that much and was working with me already. So I didn't have to explain the whole company because she understood me and my accounting, my business overall, that worked really well. So that would be my hint is don't go to the lawyers, don't DIY, get a friend and accountant. The other thing, of course, I would say is pretty obvious, but I'm going to say it because people don't do that as well. Don't use a US accountant to form a UK company. They don't know what they're doing. Just as I wouldn't hire Ben, no offense, to, to do my sales tax returns in America. I need yeah, a specialist. Don't. But once they're a specialist, it's very easy. So hopefully, I think we've already saved a lot of people an awful lot of money and hassle already. So what are the other areas? And so don't tick the box at the end. Don't come steaming in as an LLC and register for VAT if you don't need to. Or the same for French or other European entities. What are the other errors that you see uh, people making when they're registering for VAT? Yeah, I think the other one, which we see an awful lot really, and it, it, it seems like an obvious one, but they register on the wrong date sometimes. So you might say, I've hit the VAT threshold in June 2010 and I created the company in January 21. And they're like, oh, I've registered for VAT. I best do it from January 21. That's when I created my company. But actually what you've done there is just registered from the start. So basically done exactly what... I said you did on the first one, which was you now have to pay VAT from the start. This time though, you've made the sales and if they go back, I think apply 20% to those old sales and you basically, if you had a profit margin, it might be gone. Yes. So this is again, why having an expert in your corner is super, super helpful because with a few strokes of a mouse, you could get yourself into trouble that you don't need to or not. And yet, of course, they don't need to be heavy-handed major lawyer, unlike in America where the lawyers seem to have a bit of a good thing going, right? It's money for old rope. You jump through the hoops and pay $7,600 and all you get at the end of it is a company. But <laughs> Whereas you guys are much more tax efficient. So tell me about the other areas that OA and, and RA guys, o o online arbitrage, mm. retail arbitrage, it tends to be on a smaller level. And so they tend to fly under the radar for longer, uh, less less turnover tends to go through those businesses in the earlier stages. What problems do you see those guys falling into or traps they fall into? Yeah. So with online arbitrage and retail arbitrage, you know, you're already operating on really small margins, 10%, 20%, 30%, 40%. And 
some, some even go as low as five. I know they target 33%, but that's, that's in a perfect world. But what this, there's a couple of things which can go wrong, actually. So firstly, they, they don't pretend they're VAT registered from the start. So we always tell our clients, pretend you're VAT registered. Pretend from the very start you're VAT registered because by the time you get to 85K and you're only making 10% margin, that's only 8K profit roughly. And you need to push beyond that threshold to sell. So you want to make sure you're sustainable from day one. And that's why we say you pretend you're VAT registered. And what does that look like? It looks like you just charge as if you were charging VAT. So customers, you know, customers will still buy that product. Okay. Um, so let's just clarify how this works for Americans listening again. They will, or possibly Canadians, or I don't know how it works in Australia, but where they have a sort of sales tax type situation, mm -hmm. they're used to that. In Europe and UK, which is part of the European Union until about 10 minutes ago and still operates in a similar way, I would say if you buy something from the shops for, say, £12, whatever that is, $15 or 14.95 euros or something, then that twelve £2 of that normally would go to the government, doesn't it, in VAT ultimately, and £10 goes to the person who sells the product. Is, is that right, first of all? I'm not going completely yeah. nuts here. Good. So it's completely different in America, which... It blows my mind that you buy a $10 product and then at the cash register, they tell you it's $12. And yeah. it's the same difference, except that sales tax gets added onto the price that there's advertised, whereas VAT is normally assumed to be included in it. And the consumer doesn't have to worry about whether you're VAT registered or not. That's your problem. So I guess what you're saying, Ben, so, so just giving a bit of context for our North American friends who go, what the heck are you talking about? Mm. Because VAT blows Americans' minds, just the sales tax blows my tiny mind as a European dweller. Here's what you're saying, if I understand it. If you were going to charge £10 for a product and make a, a certain margin on it, you're saying you should charge £12 for it and enjoy pocketing the, the money that will in future go to the government as VAT because if you can't survive with the £12 price, then you're not going to be able to scale it once you hit the VAT red threshold. Is, is that roughly what that, you're that's saying? That's exactly it. And you don't have okay. to necessarily do it by 20%. You do it by around 10%. Because okay. you're going to reclaim some VAT as well. Uh, so okay. You buy an so this item, is where it gets more, more, more. You'll reclaim twenty okay, percent. So okay, so you add ten percent to the to the price is is roughly what you're saying. So mm. tell me about this whole how things with reclaiming works. And obviously, I, I hand stuff to my accountant. I say deal with this. I, like a lot of people, I, I kind of act in that I don't really want to know about this kind of way, which I guess is probably not very responsible. How do we? How should we be looking at? the whole reclaiming side of things. Can you just put that in a nutshell for those who are new to it or like me, just turn a blind eye to it, how it works? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, really you've got, you've got this opportunity to reclaim VAT you suffer. So when you buy something from maybe a supplier or a shop or even services and you're charged VAT because they're themselves VAT registered, you can reclaim that VAT. So that will offset against any VAT you've collected when you make sales to customers. So the, it, you really want to maximize the amount you reclaim. And the way you can do that is making sure, firstly, you know what you're buying and two, you get a VAT receipt. Not everyone is going to charge you VAT. So if you look at Amazon fees, for example, once you're VAT registered in the UK, you're no longer charged VAT on those, but you are charged on the sponsored ads. And it, it's those, the, those little things you need to know because you, your account's not going to know that unless they are a specialist. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And Amazon mixes it up. It's quite mm -hmm. weird. Remind me what, so Amazon charges you VAT 
on some things and others. Just what, what yeah, so again. Amazon, when you start out and you're not that registered, they'll charge VAT on FBA fees, selling fees, and the sponsored ads, everything. If, when you register for VAT and you give them your VAT number, they'll take it off the FBA fees and the selling fees, but leave it on the sponsored ads. So then you can only reclaim off the sponsored ads. So you have to then, as I don't know, find someone who knew that to, to tell you, because again, Amazon never make it clear. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to today's uh, podcast. VAT may not be the sexiest topic, but if you get to keep money and not give it to the government, if you get to simplify your business and your life, that's a big win. So this is one of those stitch in time saved nine things. If you bury your head in the sand about tax, you are riding for a fall or cruising for a bruising. So if that's you, I advise you to do the appropriate things. If you are UK based, and you sell on Amazon and you've not addressed your VAT stuff professionally, time to address it. Give Ben a call or, you know, set up a call on their website, which is at, um, what are the calls for action here? www.amazingfba.com forward slash VAT consult. You can get a 30 minute consultation with uh, an expert accountant for free. And that's a very wise thing to do. The other thing you can do is get um, the cheat sheet of how to claim VAT back from Amazon, even if you're not VAT registered. Really helpful. Um, amazingfba.com forward slash VAT sheet. And it's really a great idea to get specialist help on this stuff. You don't know what you don't know. You could be throwing money away. You could be keeping it. But a great accountant that is not overpriced and Ben and his team very reasonable are an in amazing investment. It will save you way more money then you spend on accountancy fees if you're even semi-successful with your, your business. Certainly if you've got a six or seven figure business and you don't have a VAT expert who also understands the marketplaces, Amazon specifically, but also at eBay or Etsy that they deal with, then please, please go and get yourself expert help. Um, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on the podcast player of your choice. And if you're on Apple, please give us a star rating out of five stars. On Spotify, I believe you can now give a rating. I'm a bit hazy about it. I use Spotify to listen to music. I tend to listen to podcasts on Apple. So if you know how that works, please give us a, a like or a love of some description. And 
just the final thing to say is thank you so much for giving us your time and attention. Never take it for granted. Attention is the rarest thing online, rarer than money, actually. So I really appreciate that. And we'll keep working hard to give you the best content we can be to get you the most profit and the most valuable Amazon or e-commerce based business you can have. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.